Georgia Ag and Review for the week of August 20th, we had this on increased trade efforts here in the state. Well, in an effort to increase communication and efficiency, Bo Warren with the Georgia Department of Agriculture's International Trade Office says they're looking to better utilize the services of fellow departments within the Georgia government. We've just reached a new partnership or a memorandum of understanding with the Georgia Economic Development Commission and their international trade staff so that we can partner with them. They can work with agriculture, which in the past they've never really had a chance to work with the agricultural sector, although they represented other sectors of Georgia's industry well. Um, Now the two agencies, the governor's office, Economic Development Commission and the Georgia Department of Agriculture have broken down those barriers and are working seamlessly together to support all of Georgia's industries and economic development. Warren says the move just makes good sense. We've got seamless partnership now. We communicate regularly between the two offices, our business development, economic developments, international trade. They have a uh, tremendous staff. They have solid resources to help uh, generate additional exports from Georgia. They've got 10 international offices and about to open a second one in China. So it's a great opportunity for all of us here in Georgia. And Warren explains just what opportunities they hope it will open for Georgia farmers. Through economic development's expertise, we're looking forward to seeing additional exports, not only of just the value-added food partners that we've uh, been working with in recent years, but also through the raw commodities such as, uh, such as our pecans, peanuts, uh, blueberries. Through this partnership, we're hoping we can uh, research new international markets and create those opportunities for uh, Georgia farmers. And with Livestock News, Randall Wiseman had this. The investigation into the case concerning the atypical BSE dairy cow in California back in April has concluded. And when it comes to the last two animals that this cow gave birth to, one was stillborn and disposed of, while the other was humanely euthanized and had negative BSE test results. In addition, 344 birth cohorts were identified and all had records that were traced back. As for possible tainted feed, USDA Chief Veterinarian Dr. John Clifford said they identified 12 feed suppliers, with one now out of business and the other 11 in compliance with the state's food and agriculture requirements. But bottom line to this whole incident, Clifford said they were able to detect this animal. The atypical BSEs can have a little different pattern of the prion or the agent itself in the brain tissue that we're collecting, but we were able to detect this animal with the tests that we currently use, and those tests tend to be very sensitive. And at this point, he does not anticipate any changes. We feel that the program we have in place in the U.S. to protect human health and animal health and the safeguards that we have in place are effective, and the risk of BSE in this country is extremely low. And thus, Dr. Clifford said this closes out this particular case. But I think the U.S. consumer should have confidence in our food supply in the U.S. and the initiative that we have taken both on this issue as well as any future issues relative to BSE. They can be confident in the response that we take and the way we handle that. And we will wrap up for this week with Everett Greiner. This magazine I'm reading uh, I'm not too familiar with, but I have an article on home gardening. And not about how to grow tastier tomatoes or sweeter cucumbers or flatter pole beans. It was about flowers. You know, I didn't have much of an idea that flowers were edible plants. Did you? Now, my yard has always been generously graced with a small variety of blooming flowers. Little did I know that my wife's pansies had a mild wintergreen flavor. I don't think I've ever tasted one of her dandelions, but you can dip them in egg batter, coat them with cornmeal, and fry them. 
Now, on the list of edible flowers were marigolds and calendulas. There were others, but they don't grow in my yard. This might make eating more of an adventure, but I think I'll stick to potatoes, tomatoes, and pole beans. I've never eaten flowers. Wait a minute. Yes, I have. White lily. Almost every morning. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.